Hello and welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. My name is Alistair Howard, your host for our AFCON preview series. And today we're heading back down to Southern Africa to talk about the Palancas Negras. Angola are back at the AFCON after years away from the tournament. And joining us to talk about their chances at this tournament is Jose Cunha, radio journalist, who comes onto the podcast to tell us about why some of the big names like Helder Costa, Ivan Cavallero, were not selected for the national team and why instead they're looking at some younger and more, you know, out there picks for, for the team. He also tells us a bit more about what's going on in Angolan club football. Obviously, there's some of the teams, including the biggest side of all, Petro de Luanda, were banned for a while, received a ban from the Angolan Federation, but are back playing club football. And he talks about how that has impacted this squad. Jose, thank you so much for for joining the On the Whistle podcast. Um, it's you know it must be exciting. It's exciting to have you know so many sub, uh, Southern African nations back in the Afcon. You know, twenty twenty one was was the time for the North and West Africans, but now we finally got Namibia, South Africa, Mozambique, Angola all back back in in the competition. How are you feeling having the national side back in in the Afcon for the first time since twenty nineteen? Yes, Angola failed the 2021 uh, AFCON in Senegal. Uh, and since then, uh, the Angolan national team has been struggling to find uh, um, an elev- a, a team that uh, can be uh, trusted. It means a team that is uh, used to play with each other. Because from uh, match to match, including the friendlies, the national coach Pedro Gonçalves has really been struggling to find his uh, main 11 uh, team. Uh, he has tried a lot of uh, n- names playing in China, so far as China, Middle East, uh, and the lower divisions in Europe. And uh, so he, he has not been able to find a real team. But it seems that after the two matches, uh, two qualifiers for the World Cup, 2026 World Cup, he finally, finally settled in uh, uh, a team that we can... Uh, expect to be to include some of the names that he announced on last Sunday as the 23 the squad for the Agricos. He uh, said, "I'm uh, uh, I'm, um, I'm I'm using only 23 players. I don't want to use 27. Of course, uh, four players will be in standby in case some of the 23 uh, man squad uh, fails. For example, for for in, due to injury or something like that. But he has finally settled in this uh, team." And then, if you wish, in the moment, we can talk about the who we expect to, to be included in his main uh, starting eleven for the Ivory Coast. Mm. Yeah, and I imagine it, when you're the head coach of a country like Angola, it must be very challenging to to kind of settle on an eleven because obviously you've got so many different kind of angles. You've probably got players who are Portuguese-born, but might you want to convince to come play for Angola? You've got a lot of players playing and you know, what would traditionally be a fairly strong kind of local league with really good club sides, like particularly I'm thinking of Petro de Luanda, who had a couple really good seasons, you know, in the CAF Champions League. Obviously, they knocked out Mamelodi Sundowns a couple of years ago, went to the semifinals. Um, but, but one of the challenges for Pedro Gonzalez, particularly in this AFCON building up to it, has been the issue around you know, Petro and, and a few of the other kind of local teams, Sagrada and Primero Augusto, mainly because they haven't actually been playing league football, have they? Ta- ta- what is going on in, in Angolan club football at the moment that's impacting the national team? Uh, at the moment, the national league, the Girabola, is the popular, uh, popular name for this uh, national Angolan league, uh, is uh, in its ninth uh, uh, match day. 
it should be for your reference it should be uh, around 14 or 15 match day or the the, the first uh, round should have been finished by now and the reason why is simple because the petro who is now the current dominant club in angola and the main uh, sporting not only uh, uh, football but sporting club in angola uh, has been accused by the angolan federation of corruption uh, such as other uh, two teams uh, one of them is playing also in the, the CAF Confederation Cup, Academica Lobito, and Cabus Corp, who is the current leader of the Angolan National League. Uh, these clubs have appealed, and uh, their appeal has been, uh, appeals have been accepted. But in the meantime, the, this has caused the delay uh, in starting the National League. So most of the players, some of them would have had a chance, would have a chance to be included in this 23-man squad for the Ivory Coast such as uh, Gilberto from Petro and Jaredi, the young uh, uh, forward who has uh, been playing very well uh, recently in the CAF Champions League, uh, where Petro is going on very well against the Tunisian op op opposition, as you know. Uh, they have not been selected because they have no match fit fitness at this moment. So, uh, because in, in principle, some of the players who play for the National League People say, for example, instead of Milson, Milson is one of the 23-man squad Pedro Gonçalves has selected. He plays for the Maccabi Tel Aviv Israel. Not been playing because, uh, as you know, the Israel situation prevents him from playing regularly. And people say, why didn't he call Gilberto or Jaredi from Petro? But the problem is match fitness. So Pedro Gonçalves explained uh, last Sunday in the press conference that this is the reason why he didn't select, select these two players. But only four players from uh, playing in the local league are included in the squad list. Uh, and uh, Angolan fans say, we don't know some of them. We don't know how are they are playing, like Jeremy Bella, for example, who plays for Clemov in, in France, and uh, other players like Zini, uh, who is playing for AEK Essence. So, but the, the Pedro Gonçalves said, that, that uh, those 23 were the players I found uh, would suit my uh, playing strategy better. Uh, so that's the reason why he has selected. I can say that uh, the defense and uh, for for the, uh, um, the the attacking section of the team, uh, the we I can tell you exactly who will play in the starting eleven most uh, with almost 100% certainty. But the main problem is for the midfield. There is no talent, and uh, this is the main concern for Angola. Who is going to bring the ball to the forwards to, to create the, the football, to goal, the goal chances and opportunities? That is uh, one of the biggest problems for the national team. Yeah, and I, I guess it's, it's also been interesting, you know, you're talking about how Pedro Gonzalez has been, you know, putting together a team that he you know, he thinks is the best team, even if it's not necessarily, you know, the biggest names that, and that, you know, the people we think of, because we've seen, you know, some of the names that aren't in that list, you know, we think of particularly, you know, here in the UK and Europe, the, the more familiar names, Helder Costa, even Cavalero, who, you know, played at Wolves and Helder Costa recently at Leeds, players who we, you know, would look at and expect, oh, they play in the big leagues, they're expected to be a part of this Angola team. Do you think it's been, you know, this is, you know, a sign of, of the good work that Pedro Gonzalez has done, because like you said, it took him a long time to settle on this team, but now he has settled on a team and we're seeing more consistent performances from, from the Palancas Negras, 
you know, particularly defensively, like you're saying that that stability, you know, I think coming into the AFCON, they've had three clean sheets in a row. You know, we're looking at a, a far more stable team. Do you think that's a good thing? He hasn't actually picked some of these kind of bigger players. You don't have as much experience with the national team. Yeah, the main reason he selected some of these players is experience. Uh, uh, for example, in, in defense, you have uh, the, the, uh, the, the one of the players, Kialonda Gaspar, who is uh, really uh, been outstanding in, for the national team, for the Palancas Negras uh, recently. Uh, he will be uh, surely one of the, in, in the starting 11. Uh, so, uh, in, in the attack, of course, you have the Zito Luvumbo who is playing for Cagliari and is playing quite well. Mbalazola also plays in Italy. Uh, he should have a chance. And then you have Gelson Dalla, is a household name in Angola, very popular. Uh, he uh, used to play here for Primero d'Agosto before going, now he's playing in, uh, to, uh, to other clubs in, uh, in other countries. Now he's playing for uh, Accra uh, in Qatar. Uh, also, is, um, he may have a chance, but as, as I told you, there is no doubt for the defense section and for the forward section. Uh, attacking uh, section is, is no problem, but for the midfield, there is a big problem. The biggest concern for every Angolan fel, uh, fan is how is Pedro Gonçalves going to select a, a midfield that fails, has failed to provide it recently the ball to the uh, forward section of, of the team. That is the, the, the biggest uh, concern. But overall, the expectations are that Angola is not going to win the AFCON, frankly speaking. Everybody says like that. But uh, what would be a, a considered a, a good campaign in Ivory Coast in January? Well, at least uh, qualify, even uh, if uh, they qualify as one of the best third-place uh, uh, third teams, uh, to the next round. D this would be a good uh, AFCON for the uh, Angolan uh, national team, the Palancas Negras. Yeah, and, and it, you know, I want to talk about the group here because it's quite an interesting group. Obviously, you have, you know, Algeria, who, you know, are one of one of the, you know, strongest, most consistent teams in, in Africa. But of course, they had that shocking, you know, performance at the last AFCON in 2021 when they got knocked out by Equatorial, Equatorial Guinea and, and Cote d'Ivoire and obviously were held by Sierra Leone as well. And then you've got, you know, uh, Burkina Faso, who always are perennial kind of dark horses. You know, they have a lot of talent, really strong team in terms of, you know, their, their forward players, really powerful counterattacking team. And then, Mar you know, Martini, who I think probably are going to be in a similar build to yourselves, you know, very organized, very defensively solid, especially and now you know, under Amir Abdu, you know, they look like a proper team. You know, what, what are you expecting coming into this group, particularly that first game against against Algeria, you know? Is there kind of a lot of expectation in, in Angola that you can get a result against Algeria, especially after the last AFCON? Well, Algeria is the clear favorite for this uh, group. Of course, they have uh, players, experienced players, quality players playing in some uh, of the, I, I would not say the, the biggest teams in Europe, but at least the second tier um, uh, established clubs, like uh, players like Ben Sebaini and Ben Taleb and Feguli, of course, Riyad Mahrez, and the veteran Isman uh, Slimani. Uh, it's a, a very good squad. They didn't uh, have a good campaign last time round, but they are clear favourites because of the quality and experience of the players to, to beat Angola. That, that's the, that's, no, no Angolan fan realistically uh, expects Angola to beat Algeria. A draw would be a very good result. And regarding Burkina Faso, we can say the same thing as for Algeria. 
Stiviago, Wedrago, and Tapsoba, and, and the veteran Bertrand Taure. So the, the French coach Hubert Velou has uh, an, an, an experienced team uh, that has proven its quality. So also with Burkina Faso, if Angola uh, lose, uh, loses this game, it would be considered as a natural. But um, the, main, uh, the main candidate, of course, is Algeria. Angola might try to turn in a, a surprise against Burkina Faso, but against Mauritania, Mauritania, a team that Angola has played several times, and usually Angola w uh, wins, uh, Angola is expected to win. So that they might have a chance to be third in this group, and then try to be one of the uh, uh, four best uh, third, uh, uh, third position teams, and go to the next round. This is the real expectation. In conclusion, nobody expects Angola to beat Algeria. Uh, a draw with Burkina Faso would be a, a very good result. And uh, everybody expects Angola to beat Mauritania. Mm. I, okay, I, I like that. You have clear expectations for, for each and every every single match. Yeah, I, I want to talk about a bit about, about the team because, you know, you mentioned that we have this very subtle back, back line and, and then again, kind of going forward you've also got, you know, quite a settled, established front line. And, and I want to talk, I want you to, you know, talk, tell me a bit more about, about in particular Zito uh, Luvumbo, who's, you know, obviously Angola have a very strong tradition of, of producing very exciting attacking forwards, you know, and, and really talented goal scorers. You know, I think of the likes of, you know, particularly, you know, Fla uh, Flavio Amado comes to mind and, and Aqua and Manucho and, you know, even Justin Dalla, he's, he's done, done, had a really good career for Angola, you know, what kind of player is is Zito? What kind of is this a good is this tournament a really good opportunity for him to kind of explode as as this exciting player for Angola? Yes, he's been playing recently quite well for Cagliari, his club in Italy, and scoring goals. Uh, he's not a natural goal scorer. He's more of a winger uh, who uh, can go past defenders. He's a very good dribble dribbling uh, uh, capacity. Uh, and also, uh, he has been grown recently, not only to score goals, but to provide goals for his uh, fellow uh, attacking uh, players. Uh, so he is perhaps one of the, he will be, he's expected to be one of the most exciting players to watch for this Angolan national team. We don't know uh, about Jelson. Jelson is also this kind of player, although he is more of, of a number nine who comes from behind in the center of the, uh, the opposing uh, team's defense to score. Uh, the, the problem for the attack, uh, Angolan attack, is uh, who will be the, the, the goal scorer, I mean the number nine. It is expected to be Mabululu. He currently plays for al Ittihad Alexandria in Egypt. And he's been scoring. He's been uh, in a re very good form. So he's expected to be in the center of the attack with Zito Lovumbo. On the on the right or on the left, and then the question will be who will be on the left side. Perhaps Mbalanzola, uh, who can also score goals, or uh, Jelson Dalla if uh, he is in good form. Uh, also Milson, who plays for Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, the last time he played for Angola, he, uh, he he made a very good match. So these these are the main uh, candidates for the uh, the starting eleven for the for the attack. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's, uh, that's interesting that you're talking about Zito as this player who can play on the left and the right. You know, obviously he, he came came through that under-17 uh, AFCON, in, I think it was back in 2019 when, when Angola did very well. 
Um, but obviously, did, I think it was Cameroon who came out on top in, in the end, winning winning that tournament. Is is there a sense with with this team that you know you're talking about? This is a team with experience, you know, but you have these youngsters kind of coming through one or two, you know, Zito, I think Zini as well, you know, quite talented players. Is is there a sense that Angolan football is is heading back in the direction that it, you know, perhaps once was maybe, you know, thinking back to the generation in, in the mid 2000s, you know, the players that had players like Fla, uh, Flavio that went to the World Cup, you know, where is this Angola team in its kind of progression, I guess, is kind of what I, I want to know. Unfortunately, uh, Alex, there, I, I, um, the truth must be said that uh, Angola is now, uh, has now failed for at least uh, uh, one decade to, um, to prepare the, the junior teams so that new exciting players you know, come constantly to, to uh, strengthen the, the, the main uh, senior team. The players go to Europe. This is uh, common for Africa in general. The players go to Europe. Um, early, very early, whereas they used to go um, when they were 20 or 21. Now they go at 14, 15, they settle down, for example, in Portugal and other countries. They, they, they have the nationality of their um, hosting countries. And then uh, they kind of lose their connection with, uh, with Angola. Of course, they come when they are called for the national team. But you feel that when Angola was um, team was composed mostly of players playing in the national league, like Flavio Amado, Aqua, around 2006 and 2008 and 10, uh, when uh, Angola reached the the quarterfinals of the Afcon, um, there was um, more of a sense of unity and uh, playing for the national uh, colors, uh, which you don't find with players like Jeremy Bella, who. Uh, Okay, he was born in uh, not in uh, he was not born in Angola. Of course, his fathers were Angolan, and there are other players that uh, Ivan Cavalera, for example, he uh, also the same case. Others they were born in Angola, but they went to the Europe very soon. So we feel that there is some soul that is missing in this in this place. You understand? So the the, the in, in conclusion, around 2006 to until 2010 and maybe uh, the middle of the, this decade. Uh, the team was composed more of players playing locally and there was more unity, more strength, more soul, more determination, which sometimes the national team is missing uh, with, with the current crop. Uh, so the, the critics in Angola, they say that we must go to the basics, uh, to the grassroots and work again in the, the juvenile and junior team under 17 uh, and then prepare a new crop of uh, players uh, for the future, which is not happening at this moment. Yeah, I, I, I find that so interesting. And, and I love that, you know, that when we talk about the AFCON, we, there's so many, I guess, in, you know, different ways to skin a cat, you know, is the expression in English. Like there's so many different ways to find success. And there's all, you know, subsequently, there's also so many different ways to find failure because, you know, even talking with so many people from different cu countries, you see other countries where, the team is almost com entirely composed of players who, who who were born abroad. So I think a good example is Equatorial Guinea, right, where almost the entire national team was was born in Spain. They all grew up playing Spanish football. They all, you know, most of them play in in you know the second or third tier in Spain. But you know, speaking with uh, you know some former players and, and people around the team, they say that when they come to play for Equatorial Guinea, they they have that passion. They want to play for Equatorial Guinea. They have 
you know, that sense of, you know, patriotism. Whereas we've seen other countries, I think Morocco is a good example where they've been able to blend it, you know, both Moroccan based and born players whilst bringing in some, you know, the French born players, the Belgian born players, the, the Dutch born players. But it's interesting you're saying in Angola, it's, it's kind of the opposite where it's an issue of players who even, because even if you go through this Angola team, you know, almost all of them were born in Angola, a couple weren't, but like you said, many of them have moved abroad very young and then have lost that, you know, sense of unity and spirit is, is that something you think is you know specific to to angola is that you know why do you think that that has been a challenge to create that you know sense of identity and that, that togetherness when maybe some other countries have found ways to do it even if their players aren't all playing kind of domestically well first of all because the angolan national team unfortunately is currently uh, in the third tier of angola of african uh, football that's the reality. Uh, the quality and the ranking of the team, uh, I mean the real ranking, not the FIFA ranking in Africa, has decreased very much. So uh, the, the presence in uh, AFCONS is irregular. Uh, we, we, Angola is failing to produce a new, uh, a new generation of especially attacker uh, uh, forwards like uh, Flavio Amado and Manucho uh, in uh, Aqua in the past. Uh, so these players they sometimes, um, many of them lost contact uh, with, the, with the country. Of course, they come from time to time to see their families and, and all. But it, it, would, it was different, very different, as I told you, uh, around 15 years ago when the team was mostly made uh, of uh, local players. So, of course, they play for the national team with pride uh, and uh, they try to do their best. But um, that, that, that is uh, some problem Pedro Gonçalves must, must solve. In the, in the recent games, we saw more unity, um, more cohesive uh, play from, from the, the, the team. Uh, we have this problem in, in midfield, which is uh, unsurmountable, unfortunately. Uh, you cannot make excellent midfielders from one day to, to the other. It takes, uh, it's a process that takes time. But in defense and, and the attack, that is guaranteed that Angola may, may try to spring a surprise, especially against Burkina Faso. We are confident uh, about that. In the midfield, uh, I should mention Keliano, uh, who plays for Estrela Amadora in Portugal. Uh, um, he's a fellow team member for the Kialonda Gaspar, excellent uh, uh, central defender. Uh, so, uh, and Show. Show is uh, a player that was very popular in Angola. Uh, for Primeira de Agosto before going to Portugal and now plays for Maccabi Haifa. He's an, also an exciting player. If he's uh, well-informed, he, he could make an, a, a, a midfield that can bring the ball to the attack, uh, uh, attacking section, to the forwards. Uh, so this is the main question for Angolan team. How is this midfield uh, going to defend and at the same time prepare the, the ball for the attacking players and assist them so that they can create opportunities and, uh, uh, and score. This is the main problem. If Pedro Gonçalves can find the right balance, I, we are confident that Angola might uh, go uh, on to the, uh, the knockout stage. Mm, and, and just on, on Pedro, you know, obviously he's been, he's been in, in post for quite a few years, which I think particularly in, in an African context, international football context is quite rare, you know, for, for someone to be in, in the same post for so long, particularly as he didn't, you know, qualify for you for the, the 2021 AFCON. It, is the expectation that he'll kind of continue with this team developing it even post AFCON? Or is there even a sense that if, if he doesn't perform well, that 
that might be it for him and, and he might be kind of see, shown the door. Well, Pedro Gonçalves is uh, uh, generally a very serious uh, uh, coach. Uh, he's a very calm person and he replies to the journalists who sometimes make him some very hard to, to, to reply questions, very difficult questions. Uh, he's a gentleman. Um, so, um, basically, we might say that if he fails to uh, completely in the group stage of this FCON uh, in Ivory Coast, he will be uh, replaced. That's our, 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 our belief. Uh, but if he can qualify the team at least for the knockout stage, I think he will have uh, at least one more year, uh, especially because Angola is involved, as you know, in the qualif uh, qualification for the next World, Club, uh, World Cup. So um, Angola is in, uh, in a group with Cameroon, Cape Verde, Libya, Eswatini and Mauritius, except Cameroon, who is a different level. Uh, Angola uh, can very well uh, try at least the second spot in this group and have a chance to, to try uh, to, to go to the, to the United States. And why not try to beat Cameroon? But uh, so I think if he um, goes to the knockout stage in, in Ivory Coast, he will be given an opportunity to go uh, on and uh, bring this team, lead this team to the through the qualifying stage for the world, next World Cup. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I think it's a good point to bring in is is the World Cup. Obviously, you started with with those two nil 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 draws. I think is against uh, against Cape Verde and and against Mauritius, but and obviously Cape Verde and nil nil against against Cape Verde, particularly away, is a very good result. But the Mauritius one, not so much. But you know, I I think you're totally right. Yet he should be a part of it for for the World Cup qualifiers because Cameroon, I think. You know, you say why not? I think they're one of the weaker pot one teams. I actually think that there is a chance for Angola um, to get there. But Jose, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Angola at, at at this Afcon. I mean, maybe based off of recent performances, the football might not be as exciting as as perhaps Angola football once was. But you know, I think there's a chance that you can still get out of this group, and particularly with Algeria showing that they they have a soft underbelly. Jose, before we finish, we always end these these conversations by with a quick fire round of questions. Um, general questions and i'm going to put you on the spot with, with a couple of these uh so i'm going to ask you coming into the tournament who who is angola's most important player uh at this moment it's very difficult to say um i, I might say that zito Luvumbo at this moment is perhaps the most most important player the most informed player playing well scoring goals uh the, if uh, he can supply the ball to Mabululo, who is expected to be the uh, centre forward, number nine, uh, and Zini, who is also can also play at this position, uh, and if Gelson Dalla is uh, well, well, Angola might score the goals, and uh, defence is reliable. Uh, so I think at this moment, the main, uh, most important player for Angola at this moment uh, Zito Lovumbo and uh, is, is, is this kind of thing. Mm. And my next question, you'll probably already have the answer there, but who is, who is Angola's most exciting young, young player to watch? <laughs> of course, uh, uh, Zito Lovumbo as yeah. well. <laughs> uh, next, uh, uh, after him, maybe Gelson Dalla is also a very exciting player. Zini is uh, more of a, a finisher, is more of a scorer. Uh, so... Mbala Zola, if he's in form, also is one to watch. Uh, so so um, there is no uh, scarcity of uh, talent in, in, in the attack, as I told you. 
defense is reliable, question mark for the midfield, but if they, uh, they can reasonably play reasonably in, Af in AFCON, Angola might might make a good uh, a good AFCON. So we are still confident that they can do it. And you're saying you're, you're confident. I, I'm going to ask you now for a prediction. How, how far do you think Angola will make it at this AFCON? My realistic expectation is perhaps lose against uh, Algeria, uh, try at least to draw with Ivory, uh, the Burkina Faso, mm -hmm. and beat Mauritania. Mm -hmm. This would be enough to qualify at least as one of the best third spot teams in this uh, in this uh, group stage. So, so round round of sixteen, getting to the next round, it would be would be your prediction. <laughs> Yes, yes. And then if Angola are going to get to the round of 16, who is the team that's going to win the AFCON, in your, in your opinion? Uh, well, uh, it's difficult. At, at this moment, I think uh, Senegal uh, and Morocco are the main candidates for the, the title. Let's not forget Egypt, who can always uh, uh, spring a surprise. Uh, Algeria might do it. Very good team, this Algerian team. They failed last time around. Uh, but Jamel Belmadi, the, the coach, uh, has maybe uh, brought some more stability recently. So also one of the candidates. So for me, the Morocco and Senegal are the main uh, candidates to lift the trophy uh, at the end of this AFCON 2024. Yeah, I need you to, to give me one of those names. Is it going to be Morocco or Senegal? I need you to commit to one. <laughs> I, I, I should say it will be uh, Morocco this time. Morocco. Okay, but Senegal last time, it's Morocco's time. And and who is going to be the top scorer at the tournament? Well, uh, it, it will be difficult. Uh, uh, maybe En Naziri from Morocco. He's uh, not been playing very well for his team, Seville, but he's a very natural uh, goal scorer. He has a very strong team behind him who can supply the ball to him. So I think he will be one of the candidates for the top scorer. Mm -hmm. And if Nazeri will be the top scorer, who is going to be become the player of the tournament? Who's going to be the best player at this AFCON? Uh, I re uh, usually don't like to make this kind of prediction. I oh, I know. You never know. I know. I know, <laughs> Jose. That's why I ask. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I think uh, maybe if Senegal goes on and uh, lifts the trophy, maybe Stadio Mane is, is in need of rehabilitation after he went to the Bayern Munich. Uh, so I think he could be the, be the player of the tournament. Sadio, tournament. Sadio, Sadio Mane. Mane. Okay, Sadio Mane to be player of the tournament. Jose, thank you so much. I know those are the questions you don't want to answer. No one does. That's why I have to ask them. But thank you so much for, for speaking to us. It's, it's been a pleasure get, uh, hearing, hearing your expertise on Angola and looking forward to seeing the Palancas Negras at, at the AFCON.